Welcome to the Talking Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. Welcome into this unique episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. Your host, Will Cheshire here. And in this episode, I'm riding solo with it. All right. This is going to be a solo episode. These happen from time to time. Just something that I like to do to kind of break it up. And in this episode, though, I want to spend some time talking a little bit about what my kind of company does. And more importantly as well, what is sustainable web? What is digital sustainability? What are eco-friendly websites? How can you make your website a little bit more eco-friendly on that front as well? And then also just some good practices that you can be putting forth on your website in general. And the reason why I want to do this is because it's a question I get asked a lot, first and foremost, is kind of what is a sustainable web? What is eco-friendly websites? I didn't even really know that uh, there was a big issue with the, the Internet and things of that nature as well. And that's in large part because sometimes people just don't know how it works. And that makes loads and loads of sense. Right. If you don't know how something works, it's hard to kind of put things into kind of perspective and things of that nature as well. And kind of uh, what that will mean or uh, for you. But seeing that this is an impact driven podcast, this is all about entrepreneurs providing awesome solutions to societal problems and things of that nature as well. And a lot of these entrepreneurs and a lot of these founders and a lot of these people that listen to this podcast, I think would find it valuable to learn a little bit about web sustainability uh, and what it is and the impact that the web has, right? So I guess I'll first and foremost, we'll dive right into it and talk a little bit just about the sustainable web on that front, right? So basically what the sustainable web is, is it describes the web processes that can be optimized to reduce global carbon emissions that are caused by the existence of a website, right? That's right. The internet takes loads of energy. You have to have tons of servers running to make all of this happen. And that requires a lot of electricity and a lot of power, uh, which obviously is coming from in large part fossil fuels. So what the sustainable web does and, and what those web processes are is it's sustainable web design, web development, SEO, and much, much more. And the emissions, of course, can be caused by the network, the user's device activity, server emissions, and the hardware, right, to make the actual hardware itself. So why should we care about the ecological impact of the web. Well, the manufacturing of web servers and end user devices, along with the tremendous amount of electricity that the internet consumes, can make the industry and carbon emissions quite large. And in fact, as large as the aviation industry. That is right. The internet that has the same carbon emissions as the aviation industry. They are right on par, just over roughly about 3%. So depending really on the company that you work at or anything of that nature, you might be able to uh, make some decisions for your company going forward. If you're your founder, then you can absolutely implement this with your business and your website and the approach that you take on the internet on that front. If you're an investor or anything like that, this is absolutely something that you can do for the companies that you're invested in and you can get them going, right? And first and foremost, let's just talk a little bit though about how the web actually works to in order for us to understand sustainable web and how to build a sustainable website. So right, whenever you access a URL in your browser, whether you're using Chrome, Firefox, DuckDuckGo, whatever it might be, or sending an HTTP request, 
to that website's web servers through a network. And what that web server will return is the HTML content of the page to your web browser. And the HTML content is how you can see everything. And it's the way that your web browser processes it to display it on the page. So the web servers are simply a collection of powerful computers without the screens and other things that you would need on a home computer and they go back and forth to that network from the web servers to the client side, which is what we see on the face. So how does it really impact the environment? Well, there's this beautiful website called sustainablewebdesign.org that has all these details and they're very, very interesting. And they go through much, much, much more detail than what I'm about to provide for you. But I definitely wanna give you that high level kind of overlook into it, not get too deep into the weeds here, but give you an idea of how the websites impact our environment, right? So we have consumer device energy are the one of the four things, according to sustainable web design, that really, really impacts the environment from the internet, right? So consumer device energy, which is users electricity that's involved in using your application. So this accounts for about 52% of the system. Of course, network energy, that's the data that we talked a little bit about the network, right? That's the data that's being transferred throughout the internet. That accounts for roughly 14% of the system. Then, of course, you have the data center where everything's being hosted, right? This is where all of the information lies, the data center energy, and that energy is required to host and serve the data to the user. That accounts for roughly 15% of the system. And then, as mentioned before, we have hardware production as well, and that's the energy required to create and replace the material that you have. That includes user devices, web servers, network wires, et cetera. That accounts for roughly 19% of the system. So the biggest places that we can have an impact is on the consumer's device electricity and the networks. However, it usually can be easier to start with your design and your data centers as you have more control over them. So let's start talking about some things that you can do to actually build a sustainable website, right? Just to be a little bit more sustainable and a little more conscious in your decisions when you're making your products, making your applications, making your websites, whatever that might be, doing SEO and things of that nature as well. So there's loads of good things and loads of ways that you can do to build a sustainable website. If you already have a, a website up and running, one of the biggest things that you can do is switch to a green web server, right? So you want to host your server on carbon neutral energy, right? This is something that is gaining more and more traction, like Microsoft Azure, for example. Azure has done a great job. They are carbon neutral at Microsoft, Google as well, and they will host it and that can be green friendly or carbon neutral as well. And it will be eco friendly too, versus like AWS with Amazon right now, still struggling a little bit to get on that uh, path. I know they're working towards it though. And then of course you have other ones as well that aren't quite, uh, whether that would be SiteGround or something like a Netlify technically wouldn't be, even though it is a static site generator, so it is faster. Uh, reduce loading time on the end user. Now, this goes hand in hand with user experience on your website or your application, whatever it might be. I mean, this brings as much as possible the load of the request to your web servers instead of the user, right? So you want to reduce the load time. That's going to make your site faster and give you a better user experience for your website visitors, which is going to result in them being more happy when interacting with your website or your app or your product, whatever it might be. And it's definitely something that you should already be doing for good user experience practices as well. Uh, you want to reduce third-party tools, remove all requests to third-party tools that aren't running on carbon-neutral web servers, and you want to optimize your SEO and your user experience. And again, we talked about that a little bit, proving speed and efficiency. And when your SEO is optimized, makes it a lot easier for Google to crawl and find you and to rank you, which requires less energy every time that there's a search request. And then that way, when it pulls all that data about your site up, things of that nature can be done much, much faster. So 
The cloud is obviously the best place for a green web server. Uh, obviously, the cloud's still going to use energy. And again, just to give you a few options for your carbon neutral website hosts, Google Cloud Platform, Microsoft Azure, uh, Green Geeks, Green Host, Rackspace, and DreamHost are all options as well. You can also go to the Green Web Foundation, and then you can check out on the Green Web Foundation to see if your site is hosted on green energy. Uh, reducing the load on your users, this is what my company, Chesh Tech, really specializes in, and that is static websites. That's what you want to do as much as possible. We utilize static site generators so that you can still have some cool things going on with JavaScript and things of that nature. It doesn't have to all just be HTML and CSS. Static just basically means that it's not dynamic, right? So dynamic sites build the web page at the time of the request, right? So when that page is requested, the browser will load the HTML, the CSS, the JavaScript, along with any API calls that are required to load the page. API calls, of course, is just a way to fetch data from another source to bring into your website or application. Static websites, on the other hand, build a web page on the server before it is requested and only the static version of the HTML is sent to the user. So static sites are also way, way faster. And so instead of using WordPress, you might want to build a faster and highly secure website using Hugo, Netlify, or Forestry.io. We use Gatsby, Gatsby Cloud. There's Next.js and Versal. There's a lot of great opportunities there, but you want static websites. If you're interested in that, definitely hit us up at Chesh Tech. Uh, that's all that we do is build static sites. And we utilize static site generators so that we can still code with React to build those sites for performance and and uh, development-friendly optimizations there. And then they're served on a static format. And so they're blazing, blazing fast because they're not dynamic, which means you don't have to go fetch those resources every time that you show up on a page. So it's really, really great. You just primarily need a static site. Of course, if you need something more dynamic in your application, there's cool things like with Next as well, where you can make some pages static and then the others that you can actually make more dynamic. So you can have more flexibility, but still reduce it where you possibly can. Caching on your website. This is something you should do if you're on WordPress. You should go get uh, WP Rocket, W3, Total Cache, whatever it might be. And that way you can make your site faster and you can use caching for your site. And caching works by loading all the content of the page on the web servers before the user requests the URL. And then when that URL is fetched, that static version of the page is shown. So this is great for web pages that don't change a lot, but fail when a web page needs to be fresh. So implement page caching again for pages that don't change a lot. So this wouldn't really work for a newsfeed or any social media app, of course, as well, but it works for a static sites really well. Service workers also are really good for frequently used assets. A CDN is another awesome thing. So again, if you use Gatsby Cloud or Netlify or things of that nature, the CDN is already going to be there. But a CDN, basically what it does is it helps reduce the distance that the data has to travel to the user. So for example, if your host is based in Canada, it's going to take longer for that data to travel to users in Australia than it would for users in Canada. This is how the CDN basically will help reduce that distance in doing so. It just, you know, for example, Cloudflare is a great example of a CDN. You can download the page from your carbon neutral server in Canada, for example, and it hosts an image of your site at that point in time and servers in multiple countries for in this example, Australia. And then when the user in Australia will then visit your website, it served the content from the Australian based CDN server instead of your original servers in Canada. So that's the way a CDN works. Uh, number three, more touch on the details, reducing third-party tools. That, those are just some things that you need, right? I mean, do you really need it? Think hard about that. Do you need all these tracking scripts that you're doing? Is it that necessary? Is there an alternative that weighs less? For example, Google Analytics weighs quite a lot. And by weight, I mean how much it comes into the web browser and how much data it consumes and things of that nature. And that's going to make your site slower and all that stuff. And it's also going to 
obviously make it uh, less eco-friendly because it's more energy is required. So is there an alternative to Google Analytics that you can use that's more lightweight as well? Uh, something like Visitor Analytics is a little bit more lightweight as well and lots of other options um, as well. So good stuff there. And is it hosted on green web servers? Again, you always want to look like that, but do you really need uh, those third-party libraries? Sometimes it's really important. Other times it might not be as necessary. So have a look, talk to talk about it amongst your team, figure out if you need it. Again, Google Analytics is very useful, something that you really want. Maybe you don't need to use Google Tag Manager, though. You can do something like, you know, something along the lines that's a little bit less and you can remove Google Tag Manager and you could use, for example, something along the lines like a minimal GA or something like that, which is an alternative. Social media tracker, same type thing. There are just ways that you can reduce it as well to make it plausible is a really good alternative for Google Analytics. Fantastic company. Other options are in your design, right? So within your design, what you want to do is when you're building out new pages for your applications or your websites, your designer can sit there and define a page weight budget, right? Try to avoid really intensive hero images or videos in the background. They can be appealing and they can help, but sometimes they may not be necessary. Uh, so you could do something less of a hero video in the background and maybe just put an image or instead of an image, you can use some text with a little animation on the side as well. Avoid like parallax images as well. That of course is when the image kind of is fixed and stays as you kind of move down with it. Uh, that requires more energy. Think about all your images on your site as a rule of thumb. If it's a stock photo, you don't need it, right? If it's, if you just have a stock photo there, you probably don't need it. Uh, so you can get rid of that. Carousels, carousels have their use cases. So definitely talk it through with your team. And but figure out if there's an alternative from your UI UX designer. Number one, they're not good for users. So they're not great for conversions. They've been proven to have less conversions on that front for most of the situations that they're used for. Again, there are situations where they're fine and that's why you need to have a conversation about it, but they're bad for the environment as well uh, because it's a lot of resources. Use more system fonts. You can also use icons via SVGs instead of images and things of that nature as well. Darker shades that can take less energy. You can do things like lazy loading, which is blurring the sides of the images and whatnot as they come up instead of just having to wait for it to load. So it's a little bit better. So those are some web design tips that you can use for your websites, for your apps going forward. Some sustainable SEO. Basically what an SEO does is that the better your, the more easy it is to find your site, the less energy it's going to use as well. So that means if your site's super fast, Google loves that, lower bounce rate, contact, crawl budget optimization, better site architecture with your site maps, better user experience, invest in SEO, get that going into the user experience as well. So just get rid of pages with low value that you don't need, right? Like again, make sure your site architecture is really good. Make sure your site maps are all set up. You have a good strong robots.txt file as well. That's really important. Focus a lot on your evergreen content. Try not to redirect everything. It may not be necessary to crawl everything as well. And you can just try to work on your improving your core web vitals on your website or app. You can reduce tracking as mentioned before. Enhance your HTTP header tags is one thing that you can do. What that means is like when Google fetches the pages with no index X robots tag or something, they may skip crawling the page altogether on that front. So again, talk to your developers, talk to your designers, figure out where the, you can make these kind of changes on your site with SEO. But most importantly with SEO, and this is just great for your company in general, have a great user experience on your site. Make your site fast. Use the static site generator if you can. They're incredibly quick. Optimize your WordPress plugin so that your site is very, very fast and it doesn't require Webflow. Do the same type of thing, whatever you can to optimize that site for site speed. It's fantastic. Eliminate unnecessary things, unnecessary clicks, 
all that good stuff and enhance that user experience uh, so that number one, they find more value. Number two, you get your bounce rates reduced. Bounce rate for those that don't know is just if I show up to a site's page and I leave without doing anything on that site and only stay on that page, that would be a bounce, right? Average session duration is another great thing for SEO. If people are hanging out on your site two to three minutes, means that they're interacting with it and being valuable. So some good fronts there. Web development and app development, some ways that you can really try to minimize here is you know reduce your JavaScript, cache everything, and reduce the number of external requests where you can. And you can reduce, split, and bundle your JavaScript assets, minify your CSS, JavaScript, and HTML files, unload and unuse your CSS files, remove third-party assets like we talked about. You can serve your... Uh, Custom fonts as a WAF, W-O-F-F-2. Again, your developers will know all about this. And you don't need to load your JavaScript site-wide, right? So you can have smaller JavaScript files that only load the JavaScript required for that page. You can use lighter weight CSS library alternatives like Bootstrap uh, is an option, or to Bootstrap, uh, like a pure CSS that you can have going on. Zip compression of all files. You know, what's some other options? Don't autoplay your videos. Lazy load your images. We talked about that before. Uh, AVIF image formats, AVIF or WebP are really good uh, to start doing. Reduce in size, compress your images. We use Gatsby. They do that for you automatically with Gatsby image, and that's fantastic for your sites. And it really, really helps. Think about using a dark theme if it works. Dark theme's good. And again, host the website on cloud on carbon neutral servers. 80% of emissions can be reduced by moving from on-premise data centers to the cloud. In the cloud, hosting regions with a higher percentage of carbon-free energy percentage an example like regions running on a carbon-free energy more than 90% of the time, you could say. So again, those are just some quick tips for developing as well. Design and then an SEO. You can also do things with blogging and copywriting that'll really help, right? Like answer questions your title implies. Uh, stop clickbait titles that force users to click to know the answer. You'll never believe what happened. Yes, this one's controversial because you do want people to go to your site. It really, that's a large part at the fault of the ad models that we have for the internet and making money, but that's a different conversation to have. So we won't have that here. But again, that is something that can unnecessarily take to a page, get requests for something that could have been answered just then uh, right there without a big one. So some really interesting stuff there. I just wanted to share some tips that you have in that. I mean, again, it can go to sustainable marketing and, and by using less tracking, like we talked about before uh, and things of that nature as well. But at, at the end of the day, to me, switching to the cloud is really, really important. Sustainable web to me is something that needs to be an answer for, especially as we continue to move forward into using the internet. So being reliant so much on the internet, especially that we need to start taking practices to reduce the carbon emissions of this. And it will go a long way, especially as more and more people throughout the world are using the internet more and more. So again, think about the sustainable cloud with your website. You can take actionable steps about it. If you're interested, hit me up. Like you free website audits on sustainability. We're changing the Chesh Tech site right now to put that uh, into the top 10 or into the top 15% of sustainable websites on it. If you need to check it, you can go to websitecarbon.com. It's a beautiful, beautiful app from the country of England in the UK from Whole Grain Digital out of London. They do a great job in sustainable web themselves. So go ahead and check them out too. But lots of good opportunities here for you to upgrade your website because the best part about eco-friendly websites is they usually translate into better user experiences as well. Site speed, again, super important. And this is exactly what that does. So 
definitely check it out. I think I recommend talking to your teams about it a little bit. Uh, if you're doing so, or if you're just interested in learning more about the sustainable web, uh, you can check out their books, Sustainable Web Design uh, out of Whole Grain Digital as well. And that's really, really important. So use a website, Carbon Calculator, like I talked about, check out your lighthouse emissions, right? I mean, there, there are other ways to do it. The cloud carbon footprint is another option. So EcoScore is a good one. Uh, and you want to really just kind of use that to figure out how much energy your site is using in order to kind of improve that as well in order to get the impact. So there's lots of really good stuff. Again, if you're interested, let us know offset as well, right? Because you're never going to create obviously a, a truly carbon neutral site because you don't have control over everything. So if you're going to do the best that you possibly can, you can also offset. That's always something really good. It's something a lot of consumers and target customers might want to, to see on your site as well. So you can do some things for carbon offset programs. Like if you have e-commerce, you can do an eco-cart, carbon checkout, general usage. You can use native energy or three degrees in the business and industry space. So again, there's a lot of uh, movements there for you as well that you can really kind of get going. So lots of really interesting stuff. And and I want to spend the last couple of minutes here just kind of talking about Chesh Tech and what we do and the trends that we're making. As everybody probably knows now, you know, I have a company called Chesh Tech and I focus primarily on building eco-friendly websites that convert, right? What do I mean by that? I means people actually interact with your site and what they do is they target and accomplish your website goal, right? Every website should have a goal, 24 seven market sales and marketing tool. And that's exactly what we do while building eco-friendly sites as well, because that's just what we believe in. We work with impact-driven companies. Obviously we wanna make sure that if we are gonna be working with impact-driven companies and we're gonna be talking about sustainability, that the sites that we build are sustainable in that front, right, and in that sense. So it's really important to us. That's why we're doing the complete revamp of the Chesh Tech site now. It'll come up here shortly, hopefully sometime in July. And when that is done, that will be within the top 15%. And all of our client sites, we try to get within the top 20%, of sustainable websites uh, across the board. Obviously, it depends on the requirements, or depends on your company. Sometimes it's not as possible. And then we also recommend those carbon offset programs that we talked about as well. So that's what we do over at Chesh Tech. We also do product development and design. So this could be mobile apps, web apps, things of that nature as well. Obviously, we take a sustainable practice to that, a sustainable approach, I should say, to that as well. So that's super important to us on that front. And what we try to do is we go in iterations. We're not just going to build a big product and a big app just because you say we got 70K to do it. What we're going to do is we're going to do it from a logical business approach as well. We're going to iterate. We're going to go into steps, right? We're going to start, validate ideas, figure out what's going to work, get a prototype, test it with users, and make sure that we're building something that we know is going to work great for you and your company. And that's going to get you the results that you want. And that's also a more sustainable practice in the sense that now we're not just building out a big app just to build out a big app, right? I love the money. I'd love to take it. No doubt. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm a business guy, but you know, I want you to be successful and I don't want to just start building something to waste energy to waste energy. So that's kind of the approach that we take uh, on that front for Chesh Tech. We do brand messaging workshops, all this type of good stuff as well. But our big mission is to help impact driven companies. And for us, that's through sustainable web design, that's through sustainable technology practices, and it's through design that's going to work and going to convert, get you more customers, get you more users, whatever you're trying to accomplish at the same time as being more environmentally friendly, the more eco-friendly side. So that's what we do. I just wanted to use this episode to really talk primarily about kind of what is sustainable web, some actionable tips that you can kind of take 
to improve your website from a development and a design perspective on that front. And then also share that that's what we do at Chesh Tech. That's what we're switching going. Like this is a new niche for me. We just started doing this a couple of months ago, really three months ago, combining the podcast with Chesh Tech and kind of making this cohesive business where we're supporting founders and trying to empower them through getting their messaging out through this podcast, helping them by creating more sustainable and higher converting websites so that they can reach and make more of an impact on more people because that is ultimately the goal, right? Uh, you definitely want to be impacting as much people in a positive way that you can. And that's why we work with impact-driven companies because love the solution, love the positivity, the optimism of these founders that are working to solve problems. So that's what we're all about at Chesh Tech. That's what we're striving to be, younger company, obviously. So, you know, we're, we're always looking to, to get our feet out there and, and to start really helping these companies to start. So just wanted to kind of share some of those things on that front to kind of get it going for you guys as we move forward uh, with this podcast. A little bit more unique this time, a little bit shorter of an episode, no doubt about it. And we'll get back to the regular founders each week. Got loads planned for you uh, coming forward. We got some really cool ones, teasers, you know, just to go forward with you guys, some sustainable brand one coming as well. A company that really helps you uh, shop with brands that you believe in. Got something that helps save uh, working moms primarily more time to spend with their families as well as for a solution. So lots of fun stuff coming up on the podcast. But I want to just take this episode to quickly share just about what we're doing uh, at Chesh Tech and then primarily what is sustainable web? What, how does it work? And how can you have a better eco-friendly website that's going to improve uh, your luck in the future and, and really kind of make it stick more to your messaging as well, uh, particularly those companies that are sustainably driven. You want to make sure you got a sustainable website, right? Like if you're a sustainability company and your website's dirty, which unfortunately I see a lot, you know, I understand that you can't hit everything, right? Like obviously, you know, you can't always be sustainable, but in my opinion, sustainable website is, is a relatively easy fix that you can make. So looking forward to that in the future. Any help? If you got any questions, definitely feel free to hit me up. I'm happy to do so. Free website audits with that uh, as well. So let's go wrap up this edition. Just wanted again, quickly kind of go over some things on that front. Nothing too crazy with it, but a little bit of a, a refresher, if you will, on sustainable web and what we're doing at Chesh Tech to kind of help these founders move forward with more sustainable and conversion centric website. And for us, make more of an impact working with uh, companies that are more mission driven and aligned with our values. So very much looking forward to that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you enjoyed it, subscribe, go to YouTube, check that out and subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, whatever you're doing, Pandora all that fun stuff. And I look forward to speaking with you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H.com to learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talkin' Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talkin' Solutions. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.